Truth suffers from too much analysis. Ancient Fremen say. Welcome to Reading Dune, a podcast where we are reading Dune Messiah by Frank Herbert and talking about it. If you're a Fremen or a first-time reader, this podcast is totally, most definitely, probably likely for you. My name is Caleb Pauls. And I'm Evan Diaz. And together, we're going to read Dune Messiah. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. All right. So... Uh, how's it going, Evan? It's a Monday. It's a Monday. It's been a stressful Monday, but here we are. We made it. Yeah, we're like 18 minutes late from when we usually like to record, so we just (laughs) want to say apologize to everyone who's watching live. Sorry, y'all. Sorry. Yeah, life just kind of sneaks up on you. But we're here now, and we have a chapter to read. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but first, though, I want to give a quick plug to readingdune.com. Readingdune.com. Where you can buy merch. We have merch. Again, Every I'm getting emails every week. People buying Dude. mugs. I think someone bought a shirt. I think we sold maybe our first shirt. Yeah, somebody got the long sleeve. I was excited about that because I like that one. Somebody just bought. Somebody just bought a mug at... 7 p.m. an hour ago. Two Woo! hours ago. Do they, who is it? Can we shout them out? Simon. Simon. I was Simon on the last episode. He bought the he bought the shirt? Yeah. No, the mug. He bought the, the mug? The one that just happened. Wow. I didn't know. I didn't know his last name, but there he is. I mean, that's that's about solid relationship building right the there. Tribe. Speaking of tribe, we got a submission um, on our website. Ooh. So if you don't want to email us like you're like we're used to doing, like there's the good a, old days. In <laughs> the good old days, there's a submission form on there, <clears throat> and this one is from Ruthie. She says, "I'm writing from Columbia, yeah, Columbia, Missouri. I've been listening to your podcast since January, and I finally caught up to you guys and Dune Messiah." Hey. So I mean I'm also amazed that people binge this podcast. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I could listen to me for that long, but thank you to everyone who is. Um, Ruthie says my my favorite moment in the first book is when Aaliyah meets the Emperor, the Reverend Mother, and the Baron. This is also my favorite moment in the podcast as well. That little Russian accent you gave a two year old was perfect. It made me laugh out loud at work. Yep. And I just want to say, (laughs) that's what we want. A goal of success for this show is to have you uncontrollably laughing in a place where you're not supposed to be laughing. (laughs) Just a completely inappropriate place. That's (laughs) that's what we're going for. Ruthie says, I'm so excited to read Dune Messiah with you as you see how the story of Paul will unfold. I almost didn't start the second book because I couldn't see where the story would go. 
But after a few chapters in, I thought, ah, I think I might like the second book more than the first, which is actually saying something. I like how Frank is exploring the aftermath of Paul's rise to power and challenging that quote-unquote white savior complex hero storyline, right, that we see so often. Big time. Like, is Paul really the good guy in the end? Would it be incorrect to say he completely appropriated another people's culture and used it to his own benefit? In the Ouch. first in the first few chapters of Dune Messiah, I was shocked to see how much the Fremen had changed since Paul became yeah. emperor. And I feel like Stilgar is the obvious character example of this change. She says, as an anthropology student in undergrad, we talked a lot about how colonizing cultures look down on the native cultures, calling them either savage or uncivilized for not evolving the way Europeans did. Side note, like the Reverend Mother calls Chani basically savage in this chapter. In this chapter, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Western colonizers thought they were doing the natives a favor by imposing their culture and technology on them. And she says, I can't help but feel there's a comparison to this as we learn about the Fremen veterans who are now living in suburban cul-de-sacs addicted right. on foreign drugs. Paul claims to be 100% Fremen by the end of the book one, but by book two, chapter six, he like mentally scoffs at Stilgar for upholding Fremen superstitions. We just saw that. And how there's nobody really Fremen in his inner circle. One of Paul's first missions as emperor was to turn Dune into an oasis planet, but not over hundreds of years as kinds had wanted, but he did it in less than 12. Yeah. He like rushed it. And that kind of change can be traumatizing for any culture. Right. So I think it's safe to say the Fremens have lost a considerable amount of their cultural identity. LOL, sorry if that was a lot or didn't make much sense. Keep up the great work and stay <laughs> spicy. Wow, that was a lot, but it made perfect sense. It did make perfect it sense. All the sense. And I, and it's a it's a conversation we need to have around yeah. this topic because Dune can come off very white savory and it can come off very um hero's journey. And Frank had to write this book because people didn't get it. The first time right. he's all these things are lined up and you're rooting for the good guy could be the bad guy could be the good guy. It's very morally gray. And now all these things are happening. And again, Frank's whole thing is don't trust charismatic leaders because look what may happen. What might happen to you? Right. So, yeah, I think it's a perfect place to start the chapter. <laughs> yeah. So where does this chapter take place, Evan? Uh, in a stinky cell in uh, somewhere deep beneath Paul's compound, whatever. Is it still like the same place in Arakeen? I think so. Like the place we saw in the movie I think it, with I Huey think... and the, the tooth, like that whole place? The tooth. The tooth. I think it's the same place, yeah. Except it's probably like Muto built out now. He probably just like yeah. brought he, he all the additions. Yeah. Put like a five car garage. Mm-hmm. Built a pool yep. in the back. Indoor pool. Right. Bag. Yep. But, and underneath all that is like the dungeons. The dungeons. Yeah. And so we start this chapter in a dungeon, but luckily it's not a death cell. So there is a distinguished, there are multiple levels of dungeons. Right. This one, <laughs> there's a toilet. Right, there's really like gross toilet, but there's a toilet. You got a chair and a, like a bench. It's got some amenities. I mean, it's definitely like one star on Airbnb. It's not more than that. 
Right. And the weirdest thing in this cell is Reverend Mother Gaius Helen Moayam. Yeah. <laughs> the strangest part of this whole... The whole thing is her. Just waiting. <laughs> so we start this chapter in a prison cell inside a three-meter cube of rock, right? Far beneath Paul's keep. There's the Reverend Mother Gaius Helen Mahayam, who is now being visited by the lovely Irulan. Irulan. Lovely Irulan. The cell has one flimsy chair, to which the Reverend Mother is now sitting in. In front of her is a pallet with a brown sheet over it, and on the pallet are the Dune Tarot cards. They're all spread out. So, Evan, do you know about tarot cards? A tarot cards? Yeah, tarot cards. Eh, I know of them. You like you know, shuffle the deck, you throw deal them, them out, deal them out, and s- spooky messages from the beyond come yeah. tell you when you're gonna break up with your boyfriend or something. Exactly. I just minimized it. I'm sorry to anyone who actually like, practices really into it. I just don't know. I have I don't I have no exposure to tarot cards, but I know of them. Anyway, continue. Well, in the spreading of the Dune mythos, uh-huh. the religion of Muad'Dib, yeah. his telling the futureness got translated into these tarot decks. Oh. And therefore, you have now Dune theme ones. And so you're going to see the high priests, or when they get in their spice trances, they're going to try to read the future with the decks. Interesting. The problem is, is sometimes they work. Oh, no. We see at the end of this chapter. (laughs) The problem is sometimes they work. (laughs) That's hilarious. Blitz Girl on YouTube says, I want to see someone draw these Dune Tarot cards. Oh, I think I've seen them. I think I've seen somebody. Uh, There's got to be on Twitter out there somewhere. If you are an artist that wants to do something like that, email us at readingdune at gmail.com. Ooh, ooh, interesting. I mean, I think somebody took like the traditional deck of tarot cards and did the Dune themed deck, you know, with all the, the existing Shai cards. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. Well, no, like like the you know the death card and the whatever card, like all the regular cards that are in regular tarot decks, but yeah. they made them Dune. Do 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. So let's continue. So Irulan comes down and she's like, Reverend mother, I shudder to see you in such circumstances, like pleading to her. Reverend mother says, you've sent word to lady Jessica. Yes, but I don't expect her to lift one finger against her firstborn. Irulan glanced down at the tarot cards on the pallet. The card of the great worm lay beneath the desolate sand. Hmm. Patience was counseled. Irwan thought, did one require the tarot cards to see this? I feel like that's like Bene Gesserit 101, patience. Yeah. But she's like, mm, do, we need the, do we need that? I also like how the Reverend Mother has them on hand. Uh, were they given to her by guards? Did she take them on the spaceship? Is right. it now routine Bene Gesserit practice to take the cards with them? I don't. I don't know. Does she even does she take these seriously or is she just using them as a pastime? Good question. We don't have answers for. Yeah. 
The river mother doubted whether she'd leave Arrakis alive now that she was here. She had been engaging in the pran- in the pranja meditation, interspersed with the examinations of the tarot cards. Through this practice and the Whitney against fear, she found peace in this cell. Still, dark suspicions clouded her mind, and the tarot cards confirmed this. Okay, Rever- so maybe she did take them seriously. Yeah, sometimes they're they're telling her something. She's receiving yeah. something from the cards. The river mother thinks, how did she end up in this situation? And maybe did the guild plan all of this? Like, in comes the flashback. Flashback. Like, First time I read it, I didn't know it was a flashback. And I was like, what is happening? Where did this guard come from? <laughs> flashback. We're on the highliner. A yellow-robed quizzera approaches her and asks her, are you Reverend Mother Guy's Helmahayim? She's now replaying the moment in her mind. And so, yeah, the quiz Ross said it had come to her attention that she, that it came to their attention that she was on board and asked her if she'd forgotten that, that she was denied permission to set foot on the holy planet. I am not on Arrakis, she says. I'm a passenger of the Guild Highliner in free space. There is no such thing as free space, madame. Muhadib rules everywhere. Right. This whole thing is like so mafioso, you know? It's like, oh, we told you not to come around here no more. And it's like, hey, I'm not around here. I'm getting on the bus. I'm going away. Hey, no, you better come with us. You know, like it's we so, own the bus. <laughs> it's so gangster right now with with Paul. The Reverend Mother protests. Arrakis is not my destination. The Quizzero replies, Arrakis is the destination of everyone. <laughs> At this moment, she feared the start of the recital of the mystical lit, uh, itinerary, which the pilgrims followed, because she's on a ship with thousands of pilgrims. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everyone in the whole uh, universe, galaxy, whatever. Imperium, the Emperor. Imperium. Yeah. They're all, everyone is just like, traveling to and from Arrakis at this point. Gotta go to Dune. Go into Dune, seeing the sights. Maybe Aaliyah will read us our rights. I don't know, something like that. So so the the Quizzeress said to the Reverend Mother, you are ordered to gather your luggage and accompany me to Arrakis. She protests. I have business elsewhere. Ahayam then wondered if the Guild had given her up. Like, maybe... Did they, did they give? They just tell me, tell them I'm here. Like, can they not hide me? Maybe the steersmen don't conceal the the conspiracy at all. Maybe it was the abomination Aaliyah that found her out, because evidently she can reach back in the past. You know, because she's one of that's okay. Moving on. <laughs> the quizzera snapped at the Reverend Mother at once. Everything in her cried out against setting foot on Dune. This is the place where the Lady Jessica had turned against the sisterhood. This is where the revolt happened. But I got a question, though, Evan. Do mm-hmm. you think really Lady Jessica turned against the, the sisterhood on Dune? Eh, I think it's maybe debatable. Because she was never, she didn't ever seem to quite have turned yeah, all right. the way. Like as soon as they hit the desert, 
she like Bene Gesserit mode switches on and she's like, gotta protect Paul, gotta protect the bloodline. Right. right. We gotta get them in with the Fremen so he survives. And by the time we hit the water of life, we've already gone too far. Like <laughs> Right. I think I think really she did one thing to disobey the Bene Gesserit, and that was to make Paul a, yep. a man. Mm-hmm. And everything else that she did was kind of still following all of the other rules as if they had told her to make Paul a man. Right. right? Yep. I think she was doing the best she could to protect. So I don't, yeah, I think, she, I think Reverend mother is a little, little, She's a little salty. Little salty. Gra- grandma's upset. <laughs> her old age is starting to show here. <laughs> it's a little senile, but heroes on Iraq is where they lost Paul, right? The Quizwatch Hatterack they had sought through thousands of years of carefully crossing bloodlines, but then she knew she had to go. All right, yep. at once. She discerned that the, or- the order for her to come was coming from Paul himself. Right. Since the, the Quizzera had said, the Emperor said, I must set foot on Dune. Right. She's saying, you're condemning me by taking me down there. Yeah. The guy because- replies... He, they had basically told her, if you ever come back here again, we'll kill you. Right. But and now, so come with like us. Forcing her to go back there. And he just says, like, no, this has been ordained by God. This is happening. Wah, wah. The Reverend Mother felt sick at the use of the word ordained. The holy ruler whose eyes could pierce the future had spoken. And she was now caught in a web of her own spinning. Because she could have killed him way back before with a Gom Javar in chapter one, and none of this would have ever happened. <laughs> That's true. Would have been a very quick movie. <laughs> he gets to there and done. Remove your hand from the box. Directed by Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> How Dune should have ended. Yeah. All right, so now this web that she's spun, the Bene Gesserit have spun for thousands of years, have now landed her in this cell where Irulan, of all people in the Imperium, is in front of her. Whining. (laughs) Complaining. Like she always does. She had noticed that Irulan had aged since their meeting on Wallach 9. There was new worry lines spreading from the corner of her eyes. Well, the Reverend Mother thought, it's time to see if this sister of the Bene Gesserit could obey her vows. Which I think is like slight dig there to Jessica. Let's see. Let's find out. Here we go. So Irwan had come down as soon as she heard the Reverend Mother was here. The Reverend Mother asked, would the Emperor be angry if she found out Irwan was here? Let him be angry, she said. You were my teacher in the sisterhood, just as you were the teacher to the... His own mother. Does he think I will turn my back on you as she has done? Also, burn. The Reverend Mother just sighed deep down. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Evan, go. Oh, oh. Um, this at, at, at some point right around here, they switch from talking with words to talking with little finger movements. Yes. So um, my question is, did it start did, so when it's when they uh, when the reverend mother says won't the emperor be angry is that f- finger 
talk? <laughs> like, does the finger conversation start there? Like, does does Irulan say, let him be angry, but like with their weird B'nai Jesuit sign language? Probably, yeah. Okay, it's probably because... probably whole chapter took place in sign. Right. Well, there's there's just quotes around these, you know, sentences, and then for the next Couple rest pages. of the chapter, there's no like quotes. They're not like actually saying anything. So, yeah, I mean, he she, yeah, she probably said this one out loud then, and then the rest of them are just thoughts okay. and 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 words via sign. Gotcha. Somebody from the audience will probably tell me I'm wrong here in a little bit, but then we're gonna go with that. <laughs> whatever, whatever someone from the audience says is true. That's what is gonna be the truth. So they are there. We have a very informed audience here on YouTube live with us, then they right. will tell me what's up. <laughs> See right here. Diana D says the sign language is almost done almost as if it were telepathy. Uh. Interesting. That's, I mean, somebody could have said they were actually using their toes to do sign language. And I've been like, oh, wow, very interesting. Blitz Girl says, this is why I liked the 2021 film, seeing the sign language character. Oh, use. yeah. Oh, yeah. Prepare for violence. And then the, everyone freaks out. It was a really cool moment. It, it was cool to hear that. Yeah, see the signs. Um. All right. So Irwan says, do you think I'll turn my back on you just as she is done? Referring to Jessica. And right now, the Reverend Mother sighed deep down. The Reverend Mother knew that the futile hope, um, the futile hope to the Atreides Emperor's precious gene pattern, could be preserved through this instrument. Could be, couldn't, couldn't be, couldn't, couldn't be. be. Yeah. No matter her beauty, this princess was flawed. Under that veneer of sexual attraction lived a whining shrew. More interested in words than actions. Yep. Which I think is good that she has her writings, at least. Yeah. That's that that's how Frank feels about Irwan right here. I think that's how we all kind of feel about her. Yeah. Irwan was still Benny Jesuit, though, and the sisterhood always used, they used everything. They reserved certain techniques. To, to use on some of the weaker vessels as insurance that vital instructions would be carried out. Through the small talk, the Reverend Mother gave her commands. The, this is the command. The brother-sister crossbreeding must be explored. Final last measures, right? Irwan almost broke at this one. Super desperate. I think we almost broke at this. Like, what are we doing? I must have a chance, Irwan pleaded. You've had your chance, the Reverend She's Mother not countered. Wrong. She's not wrong. She had 12 years. In fact, this only gets worse for Irwan as we keep going. <laughs> the Reverend Mother had a, ex, was explicit in her instructions. The Emperor must be lonely. He must share in that feeling with his sister. Opportunities must be created to throw them together in privacy. And that possibility, and maybe the possibility of getting rid of Chani, could be arranged, and then in his grief, he could go to Aaliyah, letting that grief dissolve traditional barriers. Irwan protested. I think we all protest. Um, Irwan says, you know, if Chani were killed, then she would be the prime suspect. And there's, there's, yeah. and then there were other problems, right? There are other problems in general because Chani is now like hardcore into this Fremen diet of fertility. 
Yeah. And now this diet is now eliminated all opportunities for giving her the contraceptive. Right. There go. She's about to be double fertile. <laughs> She's about to be fertile myrtle up in here. Like right when you think all the Muabe, the Muadid babies. Uh, Diana D says, so that's why Frank wrote that Paul noticed Aaliyah was a woman now to make us even more squeamish for this scene. Uh, I think it's squeamish just all the way around. I didn't think about that. Thanks for bringing it up. (laughs) I'm sorry for everyone listening to this chapter. It's almost over, I swear. Um, So yeah, the important information is now that Chani's on a hardcore diet and ergo, everyone can't give her the contraceptives anymore. Therefore, she's about to be double fertile, which pisses everybody off. The Reverend Mother is outraged, and she concealed it with extreme, extreme difficulty. She thought, why didn't you tell me this sooner? How could Irwan be that stupid? If Chani did have a son, that son would be heir to the Empire. Irwan protests that she understood the dangers, but the genes might not be totally lost. Damn, such stupidity, the Reverend Mother thought who knew that the suppressions and genetic entanglements of Chani might introduce uh, might introduce with the wild Fremen strain, right? You're calling them the Fremen savages, messing with rude. their bloodlines again. Being rude. Reverend it's Mother being rude. So rude. And then if they did have the heir, it'd only renew Paul's ambitions for the Empire and make all their plans worse. And his sisterhood needed a pure bloodline and yada 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 so defensively Irwan was like okay was like what should i have done to prevent johnny from trying this new mm-hmm. fad diet what right? can I do? but the reverend mother was done with excuses yep. she then gave Irwan specific instructions if johnny were to become pregnant it would be Irwan's responsibility to abort the baby Irwan tried to say no because Trying to kill the child would be just as worse as, as trying to kill Chani herself. She trembled at the thought of it. Right. Because, like, who in their right mind would be like, yeah, you know what's a good idea? To kill Chani, of all people. <laughs> like, even without, even without Paul being some crazy, like, god emperor of the universe, ain't nobody trying to kill Chani. Like, that's just not a good move. Also, I think trying to kill Chani would be very hard. Yeah. Like in Dune, she kills multiple people, multiple Fremen who, who like try to challenge Paul. Right. It's saying how like if they can't beat her, they don't deserve to even get in the same room with him. It's like, uh, so yeah, that's that's going to be difficult. Yep. So Irlan is now worried that her part to play in all of this was overt. The Reverend Mother said, that the sisterhood could not take such a risk letting House Atreides secure itself with the Imperial line. Irwan understood the assignment. So she asked the Reverend Mother, okay, how certain are you the Gola will complete its work and destroy the Emperor? The Reverend Mother countered, you might as well just have asked if Melange were capable of destruction. It was a subtle rebuke. Melange was valuable, but it extracted a price addiction. It added years to your life, maybe even decades, but it was still just another way to die. The goal was also something of deadly value. 
What do you think that she means by this? Um, it's like, I think she's saying that the Gola just being there is dangerous enough to do the job. Yeah. You know, so like the last chapter we met hate and it was like, you couldn't really get a read on him because he's like kind of Duncan, but not at all. And he was like very honest about like, oh, they sent me here to kill you. Right. But in that with instead of that being like, oh, OK, he's a good guy. He just told us he, he was sitting here to kill us. So he's like not going to do that it just raised more suspicion. Like he's like, okay, why'd you say that? You know, why'd like, you tell what, me the truth? What's your angle saying that, you know, like what's going on. So, um, I think she's saying like, obviously the, obviously hate can do the job of killing ball. There's no question about that. You might as well ask if like heroin is dangerous. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's still, yeah. That's just another way to die. Yeah. So the obvious way to make sure that, the, that a baby was not born would be to kill the, the mother. The Reverend Mother was just staring at Irulan, piercing her with her own blue-on-blue melange-soaked eyes, mm-hmm. reading her every twitch and every movement. Irulan managed to smile while reciting the litany against fear in her head. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is a little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. After a few more empty vocalizations, the time was up. Interview done. It was time for Irulan to leave. After Irulan left, the Reverend Mother was there alone, looking at her tarot cards. She laid them in a fire eddy pattern. Immediately, she got the Quizwatch Hatterock in Major Arcana. And the card lay next to the Eight of Ships. These cards were not a good omen. They spoke of concealed resources for her enemies. She turned away from the cards, sat in agitations, wondering if Irwan might yet destroy them all. Yeah. It was like, uh, right right when when Irwan, like right before she left, she said, she thought... Let them spend me. I will show them what a princess is worth. Perhaps I'll buy them more than they expected. So she's like, all right, you're just going to like hang me out to dry. You're just going to let me die. Maybe I'll like take you down with me, basically is what she's saying. And this whole chapter just kind of, I, I noticed this more the second time through it, like us going through it on the, uh, like just now. Yeah, yeah there's so much desperation. Like it reeks of desperation from the Bene Gesserit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, get him, get him to do stuff with his sister and kill the, kill the concubine. No, 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 um, abort the baby, do whatever, like do anything. And it's like, okay, that's, that seems like power, but actually it seems like it, it, it is weakness. It's like, Mm weakness hidden as scheming and power or whatever at least it feels like that to me 
the first time reading through this, I may be proven wrong. Like I always am, but no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, she did say it like she feels like she's, this is her last. Yeah. Her last ever last thing. She's going to die. Paul will not let her live. Mm -hmm. This is her last ditch effort to try to do something. So, um, all right. This is a short chapter, but there are some important things in that what happened here. Can you give me like maybe two key takeaways? The Bene Gesserit being um, on edge, last yeah. resort. That can definitely be one of them. The yeah, the the Bene Gesserit are desperate. What's um, the one one of the things we learned? The big thing. Um, they can no longer give Chani the contraceptive. Yeah, which makes her what? A fertile myrtle. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, also, like, hate is dangerous. Basically, it was spelled out very yeah. clearly. Like, he is dangerous, no matter how Duncan Idaho we and he is. Yeah, no matter how attractive and easygoing and easy on the eyes he is, still very dangerous. All right, what and then yeah, beautiful. Anything I'm missing? Nope, that was it. You got all of them. We cool. just need to know that uh, Chani can no longer have contraceptives because she's. I just wish she would have done this earlier, but you know, it's right. a long time to wait. Uh, Diana D on YouTube says, Sometimes I feel bad for Irulan because she's literally lost everything, but then I remember what she's doing to Chani. Yeah, suck it, Irulan. <laughs> oh man, all right. Um, hit us up on Twitter, Reading Dune. Basically, the best way to stay on top of everything is readingdune.com. Hang out in the Discord with us. If you are blazing through the books and you need to talk to somebody, there are people in that Discord that yeah. will talk to you. And Evan's not in those channels, and they try to keep everything spoiler-free as much as possible because you know how Dune gets. Um, so, yeah, make sure you hit us up. And... Uh, Stay spicy, my friends. Peace. Peace.